Um, last uh, last few weeks, you know, we've been uh, in the book of Galatians, uh, chapters one, two, and three. We had uh, Resurrection Sunday, which is so powerful. Understanding that Jesus became a curse for us, right? And uh, he died as us, and then we were resurrected alongside with him. You know, so really represents also Resurrection Sunday represents our birthday, spiritual birthday. We were resurrected with Christ Jesus, right, into new life. And so now we are discovering again what this new life is about and how we were originally created by God to be. You know, I was talking with uh, Brad, which by the way, it's an honor and a joy to always have Pastor Brad, you know, from Alabama here with us, you know. Um, We're going to be seeing more of him, you know, uh, in June, you know, in June. He's bringing his his daughter uh, to no, I can't remember what's happening anymore. But anyways, anyways, you'll be seeing more of him. You know, he'll be preaching with us again in June. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. So anyways, um, it's always just a joy to, to be around you. And, um, and so we were, we were talking about this, uh, you know, b- being born again and, and being transformed. It's really the process of discovering how God originally created us to be, you know, because we, we were born... Uh, perfect, like our spirit is perfect, like what God intended, he didn't create anything with issues, in other words, like, you know, he didn't create uh, you with the issues that you are encountering or the struggles that you have, you know, those kind of came along through the soulish realm, you know, when we were born from uh, things that we learned at an early age and all of that, so the, the renewing of our mind, you know, for the purpose of transformation and the... Um, the process of being perfected, you know, and and uh, and the other uh, the other one that we say is uh, the working out of our salvation. You know, it is the process of removing the things that are not of God that were attached and learned in our soul and our mind and our emotions and all this stuff to discover what. God intended for us, how, how we really are, you know, because a person who is, you know, who you could say like, that's a really evil person. Well, God didn't create them evil, right? Because everything God created was good. And so therefore through life, childhood and traumas and situations of life, they have a modified behavior that is not who they really are. You know, that's what we talk about, you know, even, even to be able to prophesy, we have to uh, ask God to show us how he sees and from his perspective, how he sees people because he sees them through all the junk, how they were originally created and meant to be. And so really the, the process of transformation is really going back to our original state of how God created us to be and healing all the wounds and all the traumas and all the things that were acquired through our life that are hindering who we really are. And so Galatians talked to us uh, about the gospel, you know, and how um, there was people that were coming and trying to put religion back on, on the new believers, right? And so this is an exercise to identify when we are under performance and trying to fulfill the law, which is not something we are created to do. Jesus came and fulfilled the law so that we didn't have to fulfill the law, okay? Because the problem is when we're trying to fulfill the law 
and earn all this stuff, we're not really looking at anything else except ourselves. And so if we are under the law or if we're in performance or if we're trying to earn the things that Jesus already gave us by grace, we will not be able to serve and love others well because we will be so self-centered thinking and looking at me. Oh, I messed up again. Oh, I got to get better. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. You know, instead of living from a place of already, I am the righteousness of God. I'm already victorious. I'm already loved. I'm already saved. I already have access to all the promises of God. I don't have to earn them, right? Because thinking of having to earn something, you know, can turn me into a very selfish person. And so Jesus wanted to remove all of that so that we could really love our neighbor like ourselves. And so it is dangerous, you know, whether you're a new believer or you've been, you know, walking with Jesus for many, many years, it is dangerous to us and to our walk when we fall back into the law and into performance because we really stop looking at what he called us to do and start focusing just on ourselves and nothing else. And we become very selfish people. Okay. And so if you, if you weren't here for the, for the beginning of Galatians, you'll have to go back in the YouTube channel or Facebook and uh, listen to chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Uh, but today we're going to pick up at the end of, let's see. Now let's go to chap- at the end of chapter 3, okay? So if you go to chapter 3 and verse 26, and we're going to put it on the screen too. Chapter uh, 3, verse 26. And, um, and I want to say one more thing before we dive into this. Uh, This is really an invitation for you to go read the book of Galatians, okay? Um, NLT or whatever version, you know, it's easier for you to understand. Uh, The book of Galatians is is full of treasures. It's a very deep book. We could probably, you know, spend a whole year just going verse by verse into this. But so this is really just something to whet your appetite and and go back in there and look for yourself and and see what what all of this is saying. But we're going to hit some some of these points today. And uh, in verse 26, it says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. If you remember, I gave you an example a couple weeks ago of how we can't touch the high ceiling on our own jumping, but we can hold on to Jesus who can jump that high and touch the ceiling, you know? And that, and that is like taking, you know, getting, getting a hold of him and he does everything and then it counts for you as well. And so, you know, this, this is as putting on new clothes, like as putting on Christ, right? We become one with him. It says there is no longer, watch out, verse 28, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And so what it's talking about here is there's no distinction anymore, no difference, you know, uh, for worthiness or to be loved or to receive the promises. says like there's no, he's not a respecter of person. It doesn't matter, you know, what nationality you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a Jew or a Gentile or slave or free. It doesn't matter if you make a lot of money, a little money. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, 
middle class or lower class or high class, like it, none of that stuff matters before the Lord because once we all came to him, we are all children of God. And I am his favorite. I'm sorry. I am his favorite. Uh, some of you were here for that teaching. But really, you're his favorite too, you know. And then that, that's, that's, the, that's the heart that he wants to show us. Like, you are his favorite. Like, I am his favorite. See, but God has an amazing ability because he's God, you know, to call us all his favorite, to treat us all like his favorite. You know, he makes no respecter of person. And so it doesn't matter what your background is, what family you were born into, what country you came from, what, you know, socioeconomic background you have. It, none, none of that stuff matters, you know, how many degrees you might have. It says there's no longer a distinction. Like, once we are covered by the blood of Jesus, we're all equal. Different, but equal before God. Different, we're equal, right? Just as powerful, one another, like we have the same potential, same, same uh, access to his promises. And so there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free. You know, and this is particularly uh, special for our church because, you know, if you've seen the, the little handwriting, you know, at the beginning of the service, it says, you know, one family, two languages, right? I mean, that's just what we have here. But truly, heaven is one family, one father, all children, all kinds of languages. You know, there's not even, there's not even race. There's one race. I was talking about this with Brad this morning. There's one race, the human race. That's it. The human race. You know, nowadays you can get canceled for just saying just about anything, you know. But really, there's only one race, you know. And when we all come to him, we're all just, we're all his children. We're all his children. We're all, we're all the, the one with the coat of many colors. And so it says, um, verse 29, it says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you, which was, right, that righteousness would come to us by faith, not by something we achieved. And so uh, at the beginning of, of our series, we talked about how it is salvation, righteousness, love, promises, and the Holy Spirit are the things that we cannot earn, we can't pay for, we can't work or be good enough in order to deserve them and earn them. We can only receive them by faith. That's it. We have access to them because we are now righteous. Even blessing and prosperity, it's, it doesn't come to you because you're good enough or anything like that. It comes to you because you are the righteousness of God. Because you're righteous, you're in right relationship with God. And therefore you have that access already. And the blessing is just a byproduct of being a righteous person. But we are righteous by faith. Right? Not because we're good enough. We couldn't, we couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We could never touch the ceiling on our own. Like it's, it's too high 
for us to achieve. It's only through Jesus, in Jesus, putting, on, putting him on like new clothes that we can achieve those things or, or get in those things. It's only in Christ and through Christ, and which is why all throughout the New Testament we see that all the things that we're commanded to do or, or um, uh, that we're supposed to be doing are in Christ, through Christ, by Christ Jesus, right? None, none of that is supposed to be on our own account. Because we only have access to this new covenant and these amazing promises and this amazing grace by what Jesus did. Okay, so um, let's go down to uh, chapter 4 and in verse, um, verse 7 says, Now you are no longer a slave but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Okay, again, another place that, you know... Inheritance is a great example here. You know, our children will inherit from us, not because they earned it, but because they're our children, right? That's how we inherit from God, not because we're good enough or we earned it or we brought enough people to the Lord, but because we're children. And the child has access to the inheritance. You know, a lot of people have a hard time receiving without earning You know, we like to earn things. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as we don't approach God with the same attitude. We, we should all have the desire to work hard. We should all have the desire to, to do better, right? To advance, to grow. It's, it's part of our command, our, our mandate. You know, in the beginning, you know, God blessed them and he gave them power, dominion, and authority. He said, you know, be fruitful, multiply, you know, fill the earth and subdue it. That's inside of us. That command is still echoing inside of us. We have a desire to do that. As long as we are never doing that in order to feel like we belong or like we are children or like we are worthy or like now I deserve this, then everything's okay. See, we, we cannot have uh, Jesus plus. Because Jesus plus means legalism and law and performance, right? Jesus by himself. It's salvation. Jesus, you know, faith in Jesus alone, you know, makes us righteous. Faith in Jesus alone makes us children and heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Faith in Jesus alone gives us access to all the promises. It's just faith in Jesus. And now all the things that are supposed to be fruit, you know, and supposed to look different, you know, will be a fruit and will be a product of I'm already the righteousness of God. You know, and here's the, the dilemma that many times, you know, we think, well, so are we not supposed to do good things anymore because we're already righteous? No, that is now a product of you being a righteous person. Amen. See, behavior modification, it, it happens when I don't know who I am and I'm not the righteousness of God. Therefore, I have to modify my behavior to look better. But God wants to transform the heart so that the behavior is a product and a fruit that is almost effortlessly. Okay? And so when we understand, I'm already a child. <sighs> wow, you mean I don't have to do anything? No. You know, my children, they didn't have to do anything to become my children. They just came out and they're like, we're your kids. <laughs> like, ah. Right? And then, yeah, it was just like as easy as that, right? 
And then, you know, the Gentiles, we were adopted into the family, you know? Like, baby Daniel, he does not know any different. He just belongs. He's just a son. He didn't have to do anything. Everything that needed to be done was done on the parents' side. So everything that needed to be done for us Gentiles to become, you know, children of God, that's why he did the work. He did the work. And you say, but don't we have to do something? The only thing you have to do is believe. Because otherwise you would, can you imagine an orphan trying to, you know, earn his adoption into a family, right? And putting together PowerPoint presentations and working really hard. And, you know, I'm going to convince you, you know, that I'm really a good one to be added onto your family. Well, that would be really sad. But that's how a lot of Christians act. A lot of believers act that way. You know, we just, you know, we're still working. Look, look, I'm being really good. I'm really good, right? And we're trying to pay back almost, you know, for his goodness. And it's just too good. So I have to pay back. And so in it, it is ju- really just a preposition that is the difference because we should be doing good, but not for, but from. So when we're in law and we're in performance, we are working for, we're trying to earn, we're trying to become, you know, and God's over there going like, I already did everything. You already are. Like that's good that you're trying to do good, but it should be in response to what I already did and from a place of You're already a son. You're already loved. You're already accepted. You're already the righteousness of God. And because who you are, then that stuff just comes out as a product, as a fruit. Are you guys with me? God is so good. Um, So, let's see how we're doing here. Okay, we're doing good on time. Whew. Abraham is our example of, uh, you know, faith. And um, Abraham was given a promise that in his old age, he was going to have a son. He could not have kids. And he was given this promise that, you know, he would be the father of many, of multitudes, right? And so that seemed a little bit unbelievable. The Bible said he was really old and it was almost, like his body was dead. And the promise of God had not come yet, right? And so at some point, you know, in the years of the wait, his wife, Sarah, gets this idea that we're going to, maybe we're supposed to help God with, you know, making this promise happen because, you know, she's like, I'm getting older, you know, and you're getting older, and I don't see any signs of, you being able to give me a child. And, and so, you know, he's like, why, she's like, why don't you just sleep with my, uh, with my servant, uh, Hagar? And, uh, you know, and then that way, you guys can, we can have that kid that God promised us, right? And so Abram, being the sub- submitted, obedient husband, <laughs> um, agrees to this deal. And they have... A baby, right? And this baby is called Ishmael, you know? And uh, and then God, you know, he tells them, like, you missed it. I, I don't need help, you know, in order to fulfill my promises. And so 
anyways, this, uh, this son starts becoming uh, a pain because later, so God, God fulfills his promises, you know, and, and Sarah gets pregnant from Abram, and then they have, right, okay, and they have Isaac, but now they have two kids, okay, they have the, the child of the promise, and then they have the Ishmael, okay, that's what we refer to these things. And so it says uh, in chapter 4 and in verse um, 28, okay? Because this, this is a picture for us of when we are trying to make things happen on our own without God and when God makes it happen for himself, okay? With our agreement, you know, because remember, Abram believed God, okay? So he believed God, and because he believed God, you know, God the promise came, but he kind of messed up along the way and produced Ishmael. It says in verse 28, chapter 4, it says, And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want to keep the law just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort. And what happened is that Ishmael became a thorn to, to them, to the whole family. You know, he was persecuting them. So this is a picture of people that are trying to put the law on others and persecuting them. And on the other side, we have Isaac, who is the real promise, okay? And so this picture in our lives represents the times when we are trying to help God make things happen because we are not being patient enough or we don't think that he meant it or we don't think he's really going to come through. So we're trying to put in our own effort and to do this without God. And so it says, the child born by human effort said he persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the spirit. You know, in Proverbs chapter three and verse five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, right? Which is kind of what Abraham did and Sarah did, you know. They trusted God, but then they leaned in their, on their own understanding. And when they leaned on their own understanding, they started making decisions based on their own understanding and not based on the word or the promise of God. And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, or he'll show you the right way. And so how do we make sure that we're not producing Ishmael's in our lives because these Ishmaels will become thorns on our side later on. You know, God still wants to fulfill all his promises to us, but he wants to do it with us, not apart from us. See, there, there's a difference between, you know, trying to do it on our own and acknowledging him in all our ways for him to make our path straight and show us the right direction, the right decision. And one looks like human effort, and when there's human effort, there's a lot of stress involved. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear, fear of missing out, fear, you know, fear of this. And like, there's a lot of that involved in the human effort, right? Like, I can only imagine them thinking, like, man, like, are we, oh, man, I don't know. You know, I'm just scared that God's not going to come through, so maybe this is the way we should help it. And you convince yourself that, you know, that's the right way. You talk yourself into it. And so that's what human effort looks like. There's a lot of stress and anxiety, and there's fears involved, and there's all kinds of voices speaking to you, right? But 
the way of the promise, the way uh, of acknowledging God in all our ways looks like trust, looks like rest, looks like I don't have to make this happen. I can lean on the Lord. I can lean on. Some of you know a lot about what I'm talking about when leaning on the Lord. Some of you also really know what it means when, when we have to, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit throughout the whole way or just at the very end. Or after the fact, we realize, man, I should have I asked sooner. Like how many people resort to prayer as a last resource? Oh, man, I tried everything. You know, let's, let's pray. <laughs> Out. You know, that's what Proverbs says, you know, acknowledge him in all your ways. You know, that's the part of the relationship that you're walking with him, you know. You know, God, I'm not going to worry about this thing. I'm not going to stress about the situation. I caught myself in fear. I caught myself stressing over this thing. You know, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm not going to sit on the couch and do nothing. No, but I'm going to acknowledge you in this. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to come to you in prayer. You know that it takes humility to pray? It takes humility to pray. So when we're like, operating in human effort, we're frustrating the powerful grace of God to operate in our lives. And we're also in pride. I got this one. I got this. I, we're good. Like, I know how to do this. I've been doing this all my life. I'll call you when I, something really hard comes. So how do you know if you're under the law, operating in performance, or you're empowering the grace of God in your life, you know? And it's by what you're experiencing in your body. Your body gives you signals and alarms and all these things, you know? Like my wife always says, emotions aren't supposed to, it's like children. They're not supposed to drive the car, but you're not supposed to put it in the trunk. We'll call CPS on you. So you listen to them, right? You're like, wait, why, wh- what is this? Like, why am I so stressed about the situation? Oh, maybe I've walked away from the empowering grace of God and I'm trying to make this happen on my own because I'm experiencing fear and I'm experiencing anxiety and I'm, and I'm super stressed and super fearful that this is not going to happen or that this is going to go wrong, right? That tells you you're in the direction of producing an Ishmael. You're in danger of producing an Ishmael that will later be a thorn on your side. So stop. Say, all right, God. I need to get to the back to the place of rest. Back to the place of rest in my heart, you know, and trust. It's like, is there anything else I need to be doing right now, Lord? And a lot of times it's gonna be like Abraham. He just he just waited. You know, and the Bible tells us that all the promises of God are inherited by faith and patience. Something our generation does not know. Patience. Like you're having to have right now before I say the next thing. Patience. We get uncomfortable with patience. Because we've become human doings, doing, doing, doing. And we forget to just be, you know. Like, how many of you like to just chill? I love to just chill. You know, like we were just chilling on the couch last night, just having a conversation, you know, and that's a lot of what God wants to do with us. 
But we're so busy. We're so busy. We don't have time to chill with God. And so instead, we're trying to make something happen on our own, you know, and putting all this effort and energy and stress into something that he's like, you know, I can make that happen in one second. You know, I remember um, before we ever come into this building, we, um, we, we had an, another, another building we were working on. This was about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. And then this, um, and this building was a, is a big project, and it, and it took about two years of negotiating uh, with the owners and going back and forth with a very, very difficult man. Um, and, uh, and, and it was like meetings and changes in the agreements and, and just, just a lot of difficulty, you know, to, to get this building for our church. And um, two years later, you know, it all ended up falling apart. Like, we never even moved in there. there nothing ever happened. And so, you know, for six months, we were just resetting and getting back to the place of rest and saying, God, you really, like, we almost made an Ishmael. Like, we were very, very close to having an Ishmael, right? It was like, we were like one decision away to having a thorn on our side for a very, very long time. And, um, and thank God for godly wisdom, and thank God for the Holy Spirit, right? And so we kind of just took a step back for six months. We were churchless, renting from another church at a very difficult time, and the other side of town completely, you know, just kind of an uncomfortable season, but we just decided we're just going to rest in the Lord, wait. And so um, exactly six months later, the Lord gave Carlos a word, you know, said, Pastor, this, this is, the Lord said, this is only for six months, only for six months. And I kid you not, the day to six months, I get a phone call about this place. And I come look at it. I talk to the board and the leaders. And I think we got the keys like two days later. Like, you got to understand, I didn't have any money. And normally, to, to rent commercial space, you need a lot of money down and deposits and all these kinds of things to back up, you know, the rent and all this stuff. And it was the easiest thing I've ever done. I couldn't believe, like, I'm like, what's the catch? Like, you know, and ever since that day, we've had unlimited favor with the landlord and the owners and, and doing everything we need here. We have, we, like, we're like his favorites, you know. And, uh, you know, and that right there is an example of, you know, almost producing an Ishmael, but really the promise, you know, uh, of Isaac. And, and that's what happens when we rest and we let God do what he can only do, you know, two days compared to two years. Two years of human effort and stress and all this anxiety and ah, ah, frustration. And then in two days, the Lord took care of what he needed to take care of. You know, so many times we're, we just need to pay attention to that. Like, why is this feeling so hard? Listen, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to do hard things. I'm not saying when the Lord is in it, there's a favor and there's a grace to get through those things, right? And we should be checking our hearts, making sure, you know, am I making this happen on my own? Am I at rest in my heart? See, because rest is a position of grace, okay? Resting in Him. We already are 
We're not working to become or to be or to achieve or to earn something. And so therefore, when I'm in rest, all the things that I produce in my life are glorifying him. All the things that I produce in my life are, are a product of the power of grace, of trusting in him and him doing the hard lifting. See, I want God to do the hard lifting in, in my life. And he wants to do that in your life too. And so I want to pray for you um, this morning. And um, verse 30, chapter 4 says, But what do the scriptures say about that? It says, Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. A lot of times we're trying to earn the promises and the inheritance, you know, along with the law and performance. And that doesn't work. We cannot mix grace with the law. The moment you step into law and performance, grace goes out the door. I want to live in grace. I want to walk in the empowerment of His grace. I want Him to do the heavy lifting for me. Amen? That's the only way I can really live in rest from that place of sonship. So close your eyes. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much. What a good father you are. How much you love us. Thank you for giving us understanding and revelation. Thank you for opening up our eyes today and showing us the places in our life where we are just trying to do this on our own without acknowledging you in these ways. God, we don't want to create Ishmaels in our life. We don't want to create thorns and things that will later be thorns for us, God. We want to walk with you. We want to walk in your grace. We want to, we want to do things with you, not apart from you, God. I thank you that you already love us. I thank you that we're already saved. I thank you that we're already righteous by our faith in your son, Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Lord, and I just pray right now, if anybody in this place, Lord, is or has produced Ishmael's in their life, God, that you would show him how to, how to deal with these things, Lord, and that you would uh, give him grace to redeem, to restore, to heal. And I thank you, Father, for the invitation that you give us every day to do life with you. Thank you. We don't have to earn your love. We don't have to earn and work hard in order to be your sons and daughters. And so we choose today that we will live our life from the place of the favorite son and the favorite daughter. In that confidence and in that rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.